Like, I do not care. Metamorphosis was my sour. Mm. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a very special episode, the first of its kind, really. We've never done anything like this before. Yeah, we're really delving into the early aughts, like 2010s pop culture. Yeah, we're we're taking a little break from our international film festival at the moment to uh, talk about a discography that I had truthfully not listened to in its totality until now, and it was quite a journey. Absolutely. A shift in genres, Mm -hmm. in lyricism, almost like a story over the years. Yes. Yes. One could say there were different eras, you know, an evolution through a career. Yes. But today we will be talking about the discography of the one, the only, Miss Hilary Duff. Amazing. I mean, we've said it before, but I'll say it again. Hillary Duff was the moment. Yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to be just like her and dress like her and do my hair like she did hers. Like, obsessed. Yeah. I used to, like, actually say to people as a child, Hillary Duff is my role model. <laughs> Honestly, kudos either to her or her PR team because I feel like she never got in trouble. Yeah, she's always, like – kept things very composed she never had that kind of like classic when you break out of the disney machine and you Mm -hmm. like change up your style and you experiment with different types of music or maybe have more of a quote-unquote bad girl phase as the media likes to call it she just always kind of kept things very chill and tame yeah it kind of seems like even if she didn't want to be that lizzie mcguire girl for the rest of her life she was still like Yeah, I'm just not really interested in, like, doing anything Mm -hmm. wild and crazy. Yeah. She's just, like, America's sweetheart, honestly. Yeah, I definitely was obsessed. I had a few things from Stuff by Hilary Duff, (gasps) Let Us Not Forget. Amazing. And I was just back um, visiting my parents a few months ago, and they still have my bottle of the With Love perfume. No way. And so I (laughs) – Yeah, I took a little sniff. It smells exactly like it always did, like the warmest – Wow. Like vanilla-y, ambery scent. It's like a beautiful Mm -hmm. bottle. So I still have that. It's like still half full, so. I definitely bought a lot of her candies clothing. Mm. Like when I, if I saw her wearing it in an ad, I'd be like, I need that. Yeah, absolutely. Need to own it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I know I'm not blonde, but like I should be Hillary Duff for Halloween. You could, you could, you could always do like a very easy last minute uh, costume that I've thought about ever whenever I've needed like a last minute Halloween costume is to do like the cartoon Lizzie outfit. So you wear yeah, like pink top, blue jeans, yeah, and then like the orange platforms. Mm-hmm. It's classic. classic. Yeah. Well, there are so many albums to delve into. Yeah. So should we just start right at the beginning? Yeah. I actually had no idea that this was her debut album, but her first album is not Metamorphosis, like you may think. It was actually 2002's Christmas album, Santa Claus Lane. I love how they're like, so Hillary, we're going to let you sing but we need to take a temperature test. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're giving you one Christmas album. Okay. One. 
You better make it fucking pop. Yeah. And this was honestly like their – it was Disney's kind of like experiment into seeing if some of their stars could hold like, you know, musical weight, if they could mm-hmm. carry an audience there. And it was a success. So as we mentioned, it was her debut album. The singles for this album were Santa Claus Lane and Tell Me a Story. It peaked at number five on the Billboard US Top Holiday Albums chart. So pretty, pretty solid. I yeah. think. How old was she? She would have been 15. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm always just in awe of like her and Miley and um, like all the starlets when they were young and being able to make music and like perform in front of like thousands of people. Mm-hmm. It's so much pressure. Yeah. It's it's really daunting, and she always, like, carried herself with such grace and just had so much charisma and natural, like, presence that it's no, it's no shock that she popped off. Absolutely. I'll be honest, like, Santa Claus Lane, not my – it's for me, yeah. not really in the canon, you know? Yeah, definitely. I – I listen to – I actually have, like, a few Christmas playlists, and I do have mm-hmm. one that's specifically, like, 2000s Christmas music, and the the song Santa Claus Lane is on that, but other than that, I can't say it's one of my go-to albums or even go-to Christmas albums. I know it didn't get, yeah. like, the best reviews. The reviews were pretty mixed. Um for example, one for Amazon.com uh, wrote that the album adds little to the holiday music canon and felt that it only perks up on songs that had guest musicians. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Daily Vault gave the album a B minus, said that it does show there is a voice between the pretty young face, even if it is this strange place to be starting one's music career. <laughs> Yeah. Which is true. The Christmas album cover, very cute. Yeah. She looks like a cute 15-year-old girl. My guilty pleasure holiday album is actually Justin Bieber's. Mm. I haven't listened to it in a while, but I think we often forget that, like, Justin Bieber had the voice of an angel. Yeah. I do listen to Mistletoe. It's a like, good every song. every year. <laughs> yeah. It's a really I, good song. I can't song. lie. And he had... Yeah, he had some good bops on there, but... Yeah. For me personally, if I'm going Christmas, I'm going Michael Buble or I'm going Kelly Clarkson. Like, those are my go-tos. But then also, of course, Mariah. Mm -hmm. But for me, like, Kelly Clarkson especially dominates the season. Yeah. We're about to get into a really insane fact about Kelly Clarkson and Hilary Duff's music careers. Yes. Pertinent, for sure. But yeah, overall, I think this album, it's it's very tame. It is mostly covers. Mm-hmm. So there's only a couple, like a handful of original songs. And I know that Hilary Duff, like when reflecting on this album was like, yeah, it wasn't like my best. I don't think I would really listen to it now. But everyone's got to start somewhere. And yeah. I think that the title track, Santa Claus Lane, is a fun one. It was also featured in the credits of the movie Santa Claus 2, I think it was. I think so. Yeah. 
That is also my Star Trek. Yeah, so that was my favorite one. I also enjoyed um, When the Snow Comes Down in Tinseltown. I thought that was a fun (laughs) one as well. Yeah, for me, really the only standout one was Santa Claus Lane. Yeah. But we have some real bops coming up. Yes. So without further ado, let's head into the next era. We're going to 2003 with Metamorphosis. I love how they're like new year, new album. Mm -hmm. Like let's jump right in. Yeah. And these reviews can literally burn in a fire. (laughs) Like, I do not care. Metamorphosis was my sour. Mm. I mean, I was seven, but (laughs) I listened to this when I was 13 as well. You know, the most iconic Hillary songs are definitely on this album. For sure. When people think about her music career, this is often what they point to Mm because, of course, we have So Yesterday, Come Clean, why Not was also on this album and, of course, featured in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Mm-hmm. So our singles for this album were, as mentioned, So Yesterday, Come Clean, and in Australia only, the song Little Voice. Interesting. She also toured this album. The Metamorphosis tour ran from November 2003 to May 2004, and the album also hit number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 200. Yeah. So she got herself a little bomb, you know? Yeah. And this made me think about how back in the early aughts, it definitely it just wasn't a thing to make your own music, like to write your own songs. It really wasn't like stressed that an artist should be writing their own songs. Yeah. Whereas I feel like now it's expected. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not the main songwriter on your um, songs, people are like, oh, well, it's not original. Like, you're not really doing anything new. But back then, it was really just about the vibes. Yeah. I think that there was just more distance between the, like, us normal people and celebrities, whereas now with social media, we get so much more invested in famous people and, like, develop these parasocial relationships. Mm -hmm. So, like, people want to know that the musician that they're listening to are writing from their own personal experiences or, like, that they themselves are a person, whereas in the 2000s, like, I guess people were more so marketed as, like, products and as an idea. Absolutely. Rather than as a person. So, you know, like we mentioned, she didn't write most of the songs, but she did actually collaborate on them. So she worked with a lot of different songwriters on this, like Meredith Brooks, uh, Cara Diaguardi, Matthew Gerard, John Shanks. And she also worked with her sister, Haley Duff. And she would kind of talk about her feelings, things that she was going through at the time, and then they would write the songs for her. Mm -hmm. She said, we call the album Metamorphosis because it's about changes that everybody experiences. And it represented her rather than the character she played. So it's the first taste of her being like, I'm breaking out of the Lizzie McGuire mold. I'm Hilary Duff. Mm -hmm. Two separate people. Kind of like... Miley's first album where it was like Meet Miley Cyrus and Miley Cyrus yeah yeah but again with that whole theme of like kind of just making a product as much as she's like this is me not the characters she also said it was for everyone's experiences Mm -hmm. like it was about things that we all experience so not super personal yeah more of just like the collective girlhood Teenage years, I would say. 
Definitely, yeah. And at the time, she was actually really into Destiny's Child. So when they first started working on the album, it had more of like that kind of sound. I would but love to hear that version. I am so curious what that sounded like with Hillary's mm-hmm. voice. But they said it just like didn't really work. So they decided to take a different yeah. approach. And she talked about how growing up she listened to a lot of rock music. So they decided to lean more into that. And we'll see that progression kind of happen throughout her career, especially leading into her next album after that. I, I never really clocked how she did actually lean more so into guitars and drums like that kind of sound compared to other pop stars of the time like mandy moore for example who really leaned more so into like electronic pop Mm -hmm. i saw this quote laura grope president of girls intelligence agency said hillary duff was basically with metamorphosis coming out at a time when there was a lack of teen idols since britney spears and I feel like this is really poorly worded, but she said she's not too pretty, she's not too thin, not too anything, like a little Meg Ryan. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> you're just making it sound like she's the plain, the plainest like white piece of paper. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing about Hillary is like her down-to-earth attitude. Mm-hmm. You'd never really see her um, – being rude to like anyone or or having like tips with anyone. You didn't see her really getting mad in interviews or like paparazzi well, or anything. She did have a feud. She had a feud with Lindsay, but like <laughs> yeah. we never saw it. We never saw her get mad. I think. I mean at least. They they kept things pretty petty rather than explosive like showing up to each other's premieres and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, and then when Lindsay made fun of Hillary on SNL when I heard that Lindsay was going to be on Saturday Night Live I knew she was going to make fun of me you might also know me from the pages of Us Weekly as the girl who's always fighting with Hillary Duff I wasn't honored I don't think it's an honor to be made fun of on Saturday Night Live our whole feud is so yesterday (laughs) so yesterday so We didn't do anything derogatory towards her. I'm not here to talk bad about her like she talks bad about me all the time. And um, I just knew that it was going to happen. I'm sorry if she felt offended, but I thought things were cool. So, Hillary, I don't want to start anything again. So that was definitely happening at the time. But I do feel like Hillary has always just been a girl you could feel like, oh, yeah, that's my friend from school. Yes, she does have a big, like, relatability factor. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think she's like absolutely gorgeous. I was looking at pictures from obvi- from all the albums, but mm-hmm. especially like Most Wanted, I think she just looks so pretty. And I'm just like, she has like very little makeup on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, she just has a great face. Like I would have killed to look like that in high school. Yeah, she has an amazing face card. It never declines. Like she, <laughs> she's gorgeous. People also talk about her weight way too much and i'm like mm-hmm. she's a thin girl it, i mean it just goes to show just how warped the um all the body talk was and you know, oh yeah still is especially, but especially then. in then yeah. jesus yeah so the reviews for this album again kind of mixed but there was some praise for it people were like oh yeah it's kind of a bubblegum pop album it has mm-hmm. some charisma like it's charming Blender magazine called it a masterfully executed tour through contempo mall pop, 80s new wave bubblegum, and girl power affirmation. I'm always here for 
some bubblegum pop girl power affirmations like yeah. Hoku. Oh, I'm yeah. like, but I want more of it. Like I needed mm-hmm. more of it. And as we will delve into the singles more or the songs that we really liked more, but yeah. I would say even though this doesn't sound like she didn't sound her best in this album. Yeah. She's not like you don't listen to it and go, wow, Hillary just has complete control yeah. of those vocal cords and everything. But the relatability was just so good. And I don't know, the melodrama yeah. was really present. Definitely. Unfortunately, a bad review that I did see was USA Today, who named it the 10th worst pop album of 2003, writing, Note to all young, modestly talented singers, stay in school and you won't wind up on the worst of lists before you're old enough to vote. Which I think nasty. is nasty and incredibly nasty. harsh towards a child, but I mean, they're wrong. Whatever. Whatever. So, it's so crazy. But let's 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 dive into the tracks a little bit. Let's dive into this album. So, first of all, I just want to say I of course own this CD and Same. the the like leaflet <laughs> in it, the yeah. the album book, whatever it's called, etched into my brain, that teal backdrop, the butterfly motifs everywhere, yes. the photo shoot, like it's so ingrained into my mind, the album cover where she just looks so gorgeous, the fan blowing her hair back, those brown mm-hmm. eyes present and beautiful, and just like the teal, greeny, blue backdrop. Yeah, quintessential. So what are your some what are some of your standouts? What are some of the highlights on this track? on this album yes. for you. Okay. So Come Clean is so mm-hmm. forever one of my favorite songs. Just the pure drama yeah. of existence at 15. <laughs> like the, the music video starts with it raining outside and she's like mm-hmm. looking through a window and it's so dramatic, but it's also like pretty much all of her songs are like, I'm rising from the ashes mm-hmm. like I'm coming clean I'm shedding every color oh sorry I'm stealing your favorite <laughs> lyric but it really does feel like a metamorphosis and mm-hmm. she's like I'm coming of age like I'm coming into my own and it's also like so emo without yeah. it's not emo music but it is like yeah just very emotional then we have so yesterday mm-hmm which is basically a breakup anthem. Yeah. That was also a song I would sing in my head constantly as a child. Um, As if, like, I had a guy who... I think I, like, fantasized about having a guy. (laughs) Like, you're sitting in the car with your Walkman, staring out the window, being Mm -hmm. like, I'm in a music video, and I'm experiencing this in real life. Of course. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like... Yeah, you can keep your old plaid hat and fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm better than you. It's like very pen 15. The, if the light is on, if the light is off, then it isn't on. Okay. Mm, <laughs> as if I'd ever had a boyfriend at this age. <laughs> yeah. But again, fantasy is so important. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> <laughs> as a total shift from Come Clean and So Yesterday, we have Anywhere But Here. Oh, it's such a good song. I feel like everyone forgets about Anywhere But Here, but it's so yeah. good. No, it is so good. 
I feel like it might have been in a movie or two. It was in a Cinderella story at the end. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That mm. makes a lot of sense. And Anywhere But Here is just so light and like – it's one of those euphoric moments of girlhood. Yeah. That's what it feels like listening to it. And that is one of my favorite lyrics. I'm falling through the door, flying across the floor. When you look at me, suddenly it's clear. Uh, the way I have goosebumps just hearing that lyric read aloud. And it, it doesn't stop there. I didn't finish. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're burning up my dreams, crazy as it seems. I don't want to be anywhere, anywhere but here. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Those those are all incredible songs. Definitely ones that I listen to like frequently to this day, but I hadn't listened to mm-hmm. this album in its entirety in years. So it was really great to to revisit it because I forgot just how many like kind of empowerment anthems there are on it. Yeah. There are lots of there's lots of empowerment songs on here, specifically the ones that stuck out to me were Inner Strength, Metamorphosis, and Working It Out. Working It Out especially is such a bop. I forgot about the song completely. Sing a little Working It Out for me. Um, She's like, hey, hey, I'm not giving up, no. Gonna stand yeah, up and okay. shout it. Yeah. That one's so much fun and also has like a bit of a rockier edge to it. I didn't put it as one of my like favorite tracks because I had so many like – Similar to you, of course, Come Clean, Anywhere mm-hmm. But Here, So Yesterday, but also Why Not. Love that song. Also very much like yeah. an empowerment like anthem. This album mm-hmm. is really about like taking chances and going for what you want in a lot of ways. But two songs that stuck out to me that I hadn't heard in forever was Where Did I Go Right, which is like a very – it's a much quieter song. She kind of stays in a lower register throughout it, which I thought was nice because Hillary does have more of like a airy, lilty voice. So it was nice to kind of hear her in her chest voice a bit more. And the song is basically like – she kind of talks about how she like makes mistakes and sometimes she's a bit of a mess and she's like, where did I go right? How did I get you? Like, what did I do to kind of like deserve this love that I maybe thought I could never have? And I was like, wow, that's so, that's so like beautiful. Do you think that's about Joel Madden? No, he, she wouldn't have been dating him at this okay. point. I, oh, well, maybe she might have started dating him around here, but. Oh, shit. How old is she? She's 16. She, okay. She started dating him when she was 16, which is. Yikes. And he was 25. Um, but after I had finished listening to all the albums, I also just went mm-hmm. to look through like a timeline of her different relationships. Yeah. And her now husband in one of his like Instagram posts for like one of their anniversaries or something said something that was along the lines of these lyrics where it was like, I don't know like what I did right in my life to get somebody <gasps> like you. And I was like, Oh so God. God. it all comes back together but i really love that song i thought it was beautiful and then one that is a little bit cheesy but i loved was the math i liked i really liked the math yeah if you can't do the math get out of the equation are you kidding me yes those are the lyrics we need right now yeah i'm gonna for those of you who don't remember this song i'm gonna read out the chorus to you just to refresh your memory if you can't do the math then get out of the equation. I am calling you back. This is star 69. Uh, 
Is it a minus or a plus? Does enough equal enough? If you can't do the math, if nothing adds up, tell me why I'm here. Ooh. And that's poetry. That's poetry. Does enough equal enough? There's so many layers to that one line alone. The melody, it's just like... And I feel like at its core, it's really about like, if you can't be there for me, if we can't do this, like yeah. if you're not invested, get out of the equation. Hit the pavement. Wow. Yeah. But ultimately... My favorite lyric, the standout lyric for me in this album was from mm-hmm. Come Clean. Of course. The lyric, I'm shedding, shedding every color, trying to find a pigment of truth beneath my skin. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. Can I just I, – I didn't put this as my favorite lyric, but I just also have to <laughs> highlight a lyric from that same song. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I get it right. Because perfect didn't feel so perfect. Trying to fit a square into a circle was no life. I defy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I defy. Yeah. If you want to hear the so the backstory on this song is written by Cara Diaguardi with uh, John Shanks, and she wrote it as like a personal statement to herself because she had just finished writing Mark Anthony's album uh, "Mended" wow. from 2002, and said that she was really uninspired writing to tracks. Because she was, you know, just given instrumentals and having to write to them and felt like it was really binding and the melodies like had to be within the constraints of what was going to be on the tracks. So this song was kind of like a statement to herself that she was getting away from all that and she was going back to like the way that it should be done in music. So this was really her like breaking out of feeling so like caged by these melodies. I love that. So there you go. The more you know, learn something new every day. Next up, we have a very interesting album. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of like crashed and burned before it really got to take off. Mm -hmm. But it has one of my all-time favorite um, Hilary Duff songs. Wow. All time. My goodness. Yeah, next up we have self-titled Hilary Duff from 2004. Yeah. It's honestly such a bummer because the self-titled album is always supposed to be like a big – show-stopping album yeah it's usually the self-titled albums are supposed to be the most personal or Mm -hmm. the most like emblematic of oneself and unfortunately this one was not very well received and while i do have some songs on here that i really love i can see why it's not my personal favorite hillary moment because with this album she really leaned into the rock sound a lot more and i just don't think that her voice is super suited for it Mm -hmm. so that's why the songs i don't think really hit as hard as they could have maybe with a different artist in my opinion but i do enjoy some songs on it yeah i think it was definitely not her best vocally and the writing didn't really get to the place it needed to be to be like as captivate as captivating honestly as metamorphosis was Mm -hmm. but this again, we see Hillary being like, I'm growing up. She yeah. said, Well, I'm not going to be singing about lollipops because I no longer relate to lollipops. <laughs> Basically, I'm not Lizzie McGuire anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, Girl, tell him. Yeah, you tell him. So, our singles for this album 
there was only one that was released in the U.S., which was Fly. And because Fly kind of and like the album underperformed, they kind of like pulled the plug on all promotion for this album. They didn't roll out any other singles or music videos except for in Australia where they released Someone's Watching Over Me as a single. Yeah, and apparently a little song which was originally written for Pink called, I don't know, maybe you've heard of it, Since You've Been Gone Mm -hmm. was offered to Duff to put on the album and her team passed because some of the notes were too high. And I'm like, okay, I get what you mean, but at that point, get her a better vocal coach. Like, I feel like she has a greater capacity for singing than she really gets to show on a lot of these albums. Mm -hmm. Like, if she had better training, I think she could definitely have a wider vocal range maybe experiment more with different genres. Like she's definitely expressed in some of these interviews that she wanted to be more rocky or wanted to have like this different sound than the bubblegum pop. But I feel like there was a lack of like priming her to get to that place. Yeah. I do think though she was probably just too young for that song like especially at this time she's what like 16 17 voice is still developing i i think that also just the kind of subject matter of since you've been gone it feels like maybe a little too old for her mm-hmm. i mean time. kelly clarkson sings since you've been gone incredibly yeah like there's she that song nails that it. was destined for her for sure yeah it just bums me out because i feel like even Yeah, I guess she is pretty young, but I think she could have done better vocally. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to like phrase it, but I just feel like this she's a she's working, she's a busy bitch, but I needed her to have a little bit of a varying voice on some of the albums. And I feel like she would have been way more successful. Yeah. This album, despite not being the most uh, successful of her career, it did debut at number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, so very decent. And the they actually recorded this album between filming of Raise Your Voice and The Perfect Man. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how the album kind of chronicles her experiences over the year. You know, some of it was good, some of it was bad, but a lot of it was a big learning experience. And she also wanted to, you know, have something that was lyrically a little bit more meaty than Metamorphosis Mm -hmm. to reflect that, you know, she's not 16 anymore, anymore, like we said. So she says that the album deals with issues that she doesn't want to really discuss publicly, but it provides some answers of maybe what was going on in her life. Um, But she made sure to make it clear that it wasn't that the album was showing a different side of her, but just more of her because she got to be Mm -hmm. more involved in like the writing process this time. I feel like every album they're like, okay, okay, Hillary, you can write a little bit more. Yeah. They're like slowly (laughs) giving her inch by inch. You can have a little more creative control over your album. I would love a tell-all book from Hillary. Yeah. But – should we 
say our favorite single or not singles, but should we talk about our favorite songs off of the album? Yeah. So my favorite songs were Fly, which I actually I do really enjoy. Yeah. The Getaway. Very fun. I lyrically was kind of like meh on it, but I really liked the sound of Who's That Girl? Sonically, I thought it was very fun. Mm-hmm. And Jericho, which surprised me because I've heard it before, but like listening to it again, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I actually do really like Jericho. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, my favorite lyrics of the album were from Fly, which was, of course, <sighs> open up the part of you that wants to hide away. Fly was probably her most Avril-esque song. Yeah, definitely. Especially the music video, which was in black and white. and It was like a tour video. Yeah. Yeah. I also listed Fly as one of my favorite songs. It's a song I really still listen to to this day. Mm-hmm. I remember because I was never really like emo, like goth emo, but I was very like, I'm like, I want to be dark. So be hearing that, it, no, for sure. But yeah. I was like, I, I don't want to say I wasn't brave enough, mm-hmm. but I also was like, I'm I'm simply not going to wear like all black and wear like black jelly bracelets to school. Right. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But I loved the vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely like listening to Fly was just like, oh my God. In a moment, everything can change. Yeah, it's it's a dramatic song. It is. I thought this song was about someone's I, – I mean, I really don't know. It could be. I always thought it was about someone dying. But as it progresses, like, um, she just talks about, like, showing up and, like, shining and, mm-hmm. like – but it sounds like <laughs> – it sounds so somber. Yeah. Um, Especially with the other single from this album being someone, Someone's Watching Over Me, which is about mm, somebody dying and like yeah. was, of course, featured in Raise Your Voice. This album does have a darker tone to it. And also visually, like the cover is her with like this messy hair kind of in her face. She wore a lot of black in this era, was really leaning more so into the the rock chick kind of vibe. So all of the visuals for this album are are definitely a lot darker. Yeah, absolutely. The next song I really liked was I Am. And I just feel like the cadence of the song and the melody is very fun, which is also why I like Do You Want Me? Because I feel like although overall on the album the lyrics are pretty thin, there are some really fun just like sonic moments where it's like, Oh, this is like a playful song. Mm -hmm. This is a song that I can play while I'm enjoying my day. Yeah. And my favorite lyric is, of course, from Fly. In a moment, everything can change. Feel the wind on your shoulders. For a minute, all the world can wait. Let go of your yesterdays. Beautiful. Yeah. Ultimately, the the album as a whole, it's also, I think, her longest album maybe or one of her longest albums. It's 17 songs. It's um, a fucking long album. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Fly is also like four or five minutes. Yeah. One thing I, I was struck by is how her songs, maybe I'm just like now so used to pop songs being like literally two minutes long with no bridges anymore, but her songs are often three to four minutes, mm-hmm. sometimes more. And ultimately, I think where this album 
loses its appeal to me is just that I think that her lighter, softer voice really just kind of gets buried beneath these like mm. louder instrumentations. And while I think it's like a genre that she really likes, I just don't know if it's the best one for her voice specifically. Not that she can't have yeah. elements of it in her music, of course, but because there's some songs that strike a better balance with the vocals and the instrumentation, but there are others where it's just so off and mm-hmm. it just feels like her voice gets muddled. It gets like mixed no, up absolutely. in between. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, there are catchy melodies, but the production overall is not great mm-hmm. for her her um, vocal performance. And because I know she says she has a hand in writing them, yeah. but it's not like she's a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if she was a singer-songwriter, she would just instantly like have more power in the song. Like it would feel more grounded because yeah. it's coming from like a really deep place instead of lyrics that are like and don't get me wrong like I said I love I am but it's like I am special I am beautiful I am wonderful and it's like fun but it's not really like soul searching Mm -hmm. we're digging deep we're getting like gritty yeah and I think that it just would have had to be constructed differently if she was gonna gonna go there yeah so following the very tepid response to her self-titled album. Instead of going for another album, the record company actually decided to release a compilation album. So in 2005, we have Hilary Duff, Most Wanted. It's a compilation album, but it has four new tracks, which were Wake Up, Beat of My Heart, Break My Heart, and Supergirl as well as some of her hits from other albums and then remixes of previously released songs. So it did debut at number one on the Billboard Hot 200. But yeah, ultimately people were not happy that she released a compilation album so early in her career, which, yeah, it is kind of crazy to have a compilation album of two albums, essentially. Um, There were... I just feel like I'm I'm wondering who was running her music branch because I feel like there mm-hmm. are so many missteps that occurred. Yeah. And I want to know like they so they were like, "Oh, Hillary Duff isn't getting favorable reviews, like we're going to pull the plug. It's not going to do well." And then their response to that instead of like, "I need we need to make a better album is yeah. we're going to make a compilation album." Mm-hmm. And the highlights of the compilation album are the tracks that the new songs. Um, yeah. Exactly. That Mr. Benji and Joel Madden helped yes. her write. Yes. So at this point, she was fully in a relationship with Joel Madden, and she worked with him and Benji on the new songs, specifically uh, Wake Up, Beat in My Heart, and Break My Heart, I believe. I'm not sure about Supergirl, actually. But yeah, she said that those songs were like three of her favorite songs that she's ever done, and it was really fun to be in the studio with them because she felt more comfortable working with them because they knew her well. And she said that it was the first time that all the responsibility was on her. Like she went into the recording studio without the guidance of her record label or management. And those songs were really fun. Like they were great. Wake up. I remember being a huge hit worldwide. I I mean, it was playing 
everywhere. I remember that music video so distinctly in my head. They were playing it nonstop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. I still get chills thinking about it because I was I would watch the music video and be like, why can't I be waking up in different countries every day? And I yeah. want to be like a famous actress or like pop star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So teen idol. It just goes to show like what she can do when she's not under like the chokehold of the record company or management being like, okay, we're going to write all the songs for you. Like when she gets to actually have her hand in it, I think that things turn out a little bit better. So, and also Mm -hmm. like they're a bit of a different sound from her other stuff. Of course, like Break My Heart very much sounds like a good Charlotte song. But I don't think that the guitars are so heavy that they overpower her voice, which is why I really liked it. Yeah, absolutely. And as she progresses in her discography, we also hear more of this like dancey kind of like I just lost my train of thought completely. Um, like wake up is something that you would hear in a club and be able to like dance to. And beat of my heart has like kind of electronic vibes going on like a 60s kind of Mm -hmm. inspired beat to it yeah and i think that it much better suits her yeah like her voice on it with like some synthesizers or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know the technical terms but you know how like selena gomez does not be singing anything she kind of just has her voice talk singing and they modulate it and i did enjoy her songs that have more of like a dancey vibe to it than the ones that are really just like focusing on her voice. Yeah. So what, so your, your standouts other than wake up? Um, my standouts are wake up, of course, beat of my heart, our lips are sealed. And I don't know why I didn't write it down, but I really love, um, Mr. James Dean. Oh, from, from self-titled. Oh, is that not on here? It's it is, but it's just originally from Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I have most wanted, like I had the C D and mm-hmm. I remember playing that song so many times. Yeah. Because I was just like, uh, she's so <laughs> mad and yeah. so like and I'm like having the music video syndrome in my head. Mm-hmm. And I've also just always loved Our Lips Are Sealed because I thought it was so cute. She performed it with like her sister. Yeah. Big sleepover vibes. Um and I think that they released it when they were in the movie together. Yeah, it was released right? alongside Material Girls, the movie. Basically, yeah. cowbells. Yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my favorites were Wake Up and Break My Heart, which kind of surprised me that I liked it so much. And it actually had my favorite lyric from the album as well, which was, now I'm trying to get my heart up off the ground. My confidence is gone. Happiness cannot be found. So look what you did to me. You got the best of me. And now I'm stuck with all the rest. Oh, yeah. Bit of a knife twist there. I know. (laughs) I'm like, who hurt you? How old are you? Yeah. She would have been, what, like 17? Mm-hmm. 18 almost I'm so curious what her music would sound like if she was more personal like I'm comparing her to Hillary no I'm not I'm comparing her to Taylor Swift a little because mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is like such a storyteller yeah but if she kind of delved more into these really like personal specific moments like 15 by Taylor mm-hmm. Swift is so 
resonant because yeah. it's like a very specific moment of your life. Yeah. Um, instead of like a generic breakup or like feeling like yourself, it's like detailed specific moments. Um, and I kind of am curious if she, while writing, had more personal lyricism, mm-hmm. if it would have like done better if it like wouldn't have really stuck yeah i think that that was kind of one of the downfalls of her early stuff is that they were trying to play to her relatability and to her being you know the a girl next door that everyone can be best friends with and they didn't really go specific with any of the lyrics they kept everything very Mm -hmm. broad so that everybody can relate to it and project their own stuff onto it whereas taylor swift has songs about her masters you know being bought out from under her which none of us can relate to but we can relate right. to the feelings around that where you feel like something has been taken from you or you feel like you've been, you've been slighted like we all know mm-hmm. what that feeling is even, even if we don't know the specific circumstance so i think that that's maybe one of the pitfalls of her early stuff just not being specific enough for the sake of marketing or for the sake of mass consumption definitely but The next album is where I feel like she actually does get very personal, and it's because she was really in the driver's seat with this one. Brown-haired Hillary. Brunette Hillary. Dark Hillary has entered the chat. She's different. She's an adult. Mm -hmm. She is 20. Yeah. And for someone who's been in show business since they were like 14, 15, that's a – you're basically 35 at that point. Yeah. She's middle-aged, and she said, you know what? I'm dyeing my hair, and I'm releasing my 2007 album, Dignity. Yeah. She's like, I got stalked. My parents are divorced. And mm-hmm. my boyfriend, Joel Madden, and I, who's very much older than me, broke up after two years. She's going sicko on their asses with this album. Yeah. And she co-wrote almost every single track with Cara Diaguardi, her longtime collaborator. Honestly, go off. Yeah. And that's why this is my favorite album in her discography. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Listening to it again, I'm like, I remember why I love this album so much. And it's because it does feel the most personal. And you can tell even when she's – even in the way that she's singing it, you can tell that she actually believes, like, the words that she's singing. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Especially with the title track, Dignity. Mm -hmm. She – Really, she goes for blood on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, she talks about it. She says, "I'm older and more mature now than I was when I made my last album, but I don't think I know it all. Having dignity is something you work on your whole life, and how you treat people and how you treat yourself. I hope I always strive to have it." And I was like, "Oh!" And she goes on to say, actually. It's not something that you can be given or that you can just get or that you're born with. It's something you have to work on. And I read that like on the subway. And I was like, oh Whoa. my God. Yeah. That's a real like 20 year old thought to have. Mm-hmm. And to be like, I, especially I feel like getting your first professional job and you're like, I need to like, have my dignity. I need to like have my confidence up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having dignity and having confidence are like very intertwined as well. Yeah. And this also, I think, really speaks to the 
kind of lifelong humility that Hillary has always had. Absolutely. Where she's like, you know, it's how you treat people. It's how you treat yourself. And like, I always want to be achieving that. Like, she knows that this is something that you earn. Yeah. And yeah, I really, I really loved that quote. I had to include it in the notes. But yeah, she was really set on being involved in the entire process from start to finish, which I loved. And she also has a quote where she says, this album has all of me in it. I never did my records like that before. I got to choose the music, but this time around it was like I'd sit down and think, what happened to me yesterday? What happened to me today? And just write. It was very therapeutic in a way and easy. I was shocked at how easy it was to be honest about yourself and the things that affect you. It's a dance record, but I wanted it to be serious. I want to talk about serious things, but do it in a not so serious way with music that makes you want to get up and dance. I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I do think this genre fits her very well. I agree. Yeah. And this it mm-hmm. was really well received by by critics. Like Rolling Stone gave it a positive review, said that, you know, she was successful in her attempt to make an adult-oriented dance pop album. Uh about.com gave the album four out of five stars, and they called Hillary as likable as ever. They praised her songwriting. It's enjoyable, and I I was really, again, taken aback by how many songs I really loved and kind of still remembered, where it's like, oh, yeah, I used to listen to this constantly. Yeah. I can't say I was listening to this as much as I was listening to, like, Metamorphosis and mm-hmm. Most Wanted, but I do remember seeing brown-haired Hilary Duff and being like, okay, okay, stunt on them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... At this time as well, she wasn't as much like in movies and like Mm -hmm. she wasn't doing movies constantly. She wasn't on TV constantly. So her major source of expression was this album. Yeah. And she took like a a break between albums. Like the last actual album that she released, self-titled, was in 2004. And this is 2007. So not only mm-hmm. has she grown up a lot in that time, but also yeah. the the trends of music have changed. And Billboard even oh, said yeah. that like her decision to make a dance pop album was pretty daring at the time because it wasn't really the most popular genre. Like we're heading into the late 2000s, things are starting to go more indie, starting to go more alt, but she like really like double down on doing dance pop and I think it paid off because there's a lot of really great songs in here and Entertainment Weekly also said that like this album really brought out her personality and said she's never sounded less eager to please or more messily human amazing yeah and imagine if we had that same mentality and it was in a new version of Lizzie McGuire mm-hmm. wouldn't that be so amazing if um <sighs> A studio would just get their head out of their ass. And uh, I need a really rich person to buy the rights to Lizzie McGuire. They'll never and let then, that go. I know. They'll never. But I'm like, you're not even doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. But they know it would be really, it would be a hit if they mm-hmm. could. Um, yeah. But some of the singles from this album, mm-hmm. uh, the lead single was Play With Fire, which I think everybody can agree, not the best choice. Um, (laughs) bit of a misfire maybe with the lead single choice but quickly turned it around with with love and we can't talk about with love without talking about (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> See, it's performances like that where yeah. I'm like, they needed to invest more in choreography, in vocal performance. Like, she is – Hilary Duff undoubtedly has raw talent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she could have done so much more if her group or, like, camp or whatever gave her more, like, ammunition and, mm-hmm. like, better performances, better music. Like, why did it take her so long to be able to make this kind of album where she was more raw and honest and something that fit her vocal style? Yeah. But instead, you know, we got the the with love soft choreo <laughs> that toured the nation. I mean, yes. the most popular clip is, of course, the GMA performance. Mm-hmm. And Hillary herself, even like on TikTok, duetted it. She did the dance in like 2022. Uh-huh. Um yeah, some some iconic choreography for sure. And also the music video co-starring Kellen Lutz from Twilight, Mr. Emmett yeah. Cullen himself, wild. And then, of course, the third single was Stranger. And I, to this day, I love Stranger. It's <laughs> such a good song. Did Had no idea until I was doing research for this album that that song is actually written about her parents because her dad had an affair and so she's writing it from the perspective like of her mother of a woman who's been cheated on Mm -hmm. so let's talk standouts what were some of your standouts for this album dignity Mm -hmm. title track i really loved i actually do like with love like i think it's just really catchy it's one of the songs that i would love to hear in a club and just dance to absolutely it's so hard to pick because Although I do think this album is a standout, a lot of the songs are very similar. That's fair. But That's fair. <laughs> I mean, no work, I'll play, happy. But yeah, I really liked basically the power anthems. Mm-hmm. Dignity was so good. It was just nice to hear her be passionate about what she was singing about. Yeah, definitely. My favorites were Stranger, um, Happy, which I had I like went back and forth on my favorite lyric. It, it was either like the the main lyric from Happy or the one that I picked. But the lyric that I would have picked from Happy was I'm happy and I can thank myself. If it were up Ooh. to you, I'd be in my bed crying. Ugh. So again, the the power the empowering anthems are a staple in a Hilary Duff album, and that one I really loved. Another one that I thought was really fun was Never Stop. It was very synth-heavy, like Mm -hmm. kind of an 80s feeling to it. One that I absolutely wish was a single was Outside of You. That one, so good. And I picked my favorite lyric from that song, which was, I could make you better if you would just let me in from Outside of You. And then my last favorite one was I Wish, which I really enjoyed. But yeah, I think this is such a fun album. Like she said, she talks about these more serious things, but with really, really fun instrumentals. And it is a departure from like the heavier like rock sound that she's trying to go for. And she really Mm -hmm. does lean into like the electronic synth dance pop feeling. And there's just a lot of bops on here that I would encourage people to revisit. They might not have thought about it in a while, but this album, yeah, yeah, this album really hit for me. Yeah, I think she did a fantastic job and really kind of found her sound. And 
um, just evolved. Yeah. And then eight years later. Wow. Eight years later, she decided to release her most recent album, Breathe In, Breathe Out. Wow. 2015. Debuted at number five on the U.S. Billboard charts. Unfortunately, not as great of a performance as some of her other albums, but very well received by critics. It's so crazy that she worked with Tovlo on this album mm-hmm. because on um, Dignity, like when I was listening to it, I kept thinking of Tovlo. Yeah. And I love Tovlo. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a huge fucking Tovlo fan. Yeah. But specifically, um, yeah, Blue Lips. Oh, this came out when we were in college mm-hmm. and I listened to it pretty much every day. Yeah. And I would usually listen to it at the gym. And I don't know, for some reason, like Dignity, listening to that and like the kind of um, EDM-y type, mm-hmm. just dance, it's dance music at yeah. the end of the day, like really reminded me of Tovlo. Mm-hmm. And it's great that she like worked yeah. on her, worked with her on Breathe In, Breathe Out. I think that's so cool. Yeah. So this album actually had like quite the journey to get to where it ended up being. So she started recording new material in 2012 and this was while she was pregnant. She then like took a little bit of a break, um, had her child and started recording again in September, 2013. And the early recording sessions for this album were these like EDM tracks that they ended up scrapping because they then wanted to go for more of a folk pop field, like Mm -hmm. the folk pop kind of vibe. And that resulted in the singles Chasing the Sun and All About You, which were two of the lead singles from this album. And so those are very like folk poppy, acoustic pop. Like Chasing the Sun was co-written by Kobe Calais. So that tells you everything you need to know. The ultimate coastal girly. Exactly. So then by October 2014, she had recorded numerous tracks with all these, you know, different songwriters and artists. And they ended up getting leaked online. And even, like, some of the photo shoots that they had done for, like, the folk pop thing got leaked. So we then fast forward to 2015. And she's like, okay, I want to take the album in a different direction again. And that's when she started working with uh, Bloodshy and Tovlo on a more dance-oriented feeling. So... She talks about how she really wanted some of those super strong pop songs from Sweden. And the folk-inspired tracks originally intended for the album before it took the change in direction, such as Tattoo, which was written by Ed Sheeran, uh, Braveheart, Belong, they still made it on the album despite them kind of taking a hard turn into Swedish pop. (laughs) So that's how you end up with this album that has a really big range in genres because we have these really like heavy hitting, like hard hitting choruses that are like super 2015 EDM. And then we have some like folksy guitar, hey ho, lumineers kind of stuff going on. <laughs> so it is like a little bit chaotic, but it is chaotic. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. The picture that's on her Spotify, I'm assuming it was, like, released when she released this album, Mm -hmm. is, like, her in, like, 
a cowgirly type of hat, like one yeah. of those. And uh, she's wearing like a tribal print. <laughs> uh, not poncho, but like, yeah, you know the type. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was giving folk. It was, what woman was this, 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much where we were at um, in pop culture. <laughs> yeah. But I do commend her for being like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm mm-hmm. going to have this sound for the album. Yeah. I don't think she's ever really been like, I have a sound and I'm sticking to it. No. <laughs> it's constantly <laughs> pivoting. Mm-hmm. If she wants to make an album, like make an album, girl. Yeah. So, so that's, that's how you end up with an album that has a single like Chasing the Sun and then a single like Sparks, which mm-hmm. are so different content, content wise, aesthetic wise, sonically, like could not be more opposite. Yeah. So when talking about the album, because obviously she took quite a long break from music before releasing this one, she mm-hmm. said, I definitely want people to feel like they're getting a glimpse into my life and what I'm made of. I'm a normal girl who has a not-so-normal life. I feel like my fans have stuck with me because they can relate to me and I want them to. I want them to feel like we could go out and have a fun night together. I want them to know that my heart has been broken, but that it's not the end of the world. Life goes on. I want them to feel like I'm there for them. I want them to feel happy and I want them to know that I care and that I have cared about them all this time. I love that. Yeah. I love it. She's so sweet. I know. I'm like, she has the most warm, inviting smile. I know. Like, there's just something about her. Like, you you can't, you're born with it or you're not. Like, you can't bottle yeah. that shit. I was actually really surprised to learn that she's from Houston because I've, I guess I don't know every, like, dialect in Texas if you would have one if you're from Houston. But um, I don't think I meant to say dialect. I meant to say accent. Mm. But basically, like, I just always thought she was from just like east coast or some nondescript random state but i was surprised that she's from houston just because there's never been an ounce of like country in anything she's done yeah well i guess she would have moved to la when she was pretty young because she like like she was so young when she did yeah like casper meets wendy you know so i think that she if she did have an accent it's uh been gone for a while but yeah, like I said, the the album got really positive reviews. Um, and people, you know, note the fact that it's a split between contemporary club bangers, mid-2000s mm-hmm. pop, but that they were really impressed with um with the album and that there was real gems on there. People noted that the album was kind of a natural evolution from her last musical work, referencing dignity. And that her not following the folk pop direction completely like she first was, Mm -hmm. especially with Chasing the Sun, was probably good because that was like a little bit cheesy at times and filled with some nonsensical metaphors. But the other songs are more like relatable and catchy. Yeah. There's a lot of like sexy songs on this album, too. Yeah. It's very adult. Um, it It sounds kind of like she wanted to just have fun and be like, yeah. I'm in my 20s, or yeah. actually 2015. She would have been 28. 28, okay. Oh, wow, that's crazy. That's imagine like our age. <laughs> imagine, like, being our age but having released five albums. Yeah. And also, like, by this time, she has had 
children. She right. has gotten divorced. She had married Mike Comrie a few years like before, and she got divorced, I think, in 2014, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot on this album about like the end of that relationship. And it was when working on this album that she met Matthew Coma, her now husband. Uh. Yeah, so he worked on on this album with her. And actually, one of my standouts from this album was written by him. What was your one of your standouts? So the first standout that I had was Arms Around a Memory. And that one was written by Matthew Coma, her husband. And it also had my favorite lyric from the album, which was, you can't put your arms around a memory. And now I'm wishing you were here as much as I wish you would disappear. Ooh. Yeah. And it's basically just, you know, reminiscing about something that's ended and that, like, it's no longer tangible and you can, like, maybe yearn for something, but it's gone. And, like, that idea and those themes are something that I'm always very interested in in my own writing. So I was really drawn to that song. Another one was Night Like This, which is featuring... Kendall Schmidt from Big Time Brush. I couldn't believe when I saw him on the song. I was like, you're kidding. Yeah. That's a uh, sexy song. That it, was yeah. a sexy song for sure. Um, And despite it being cheesy, I did enjoy Chasing the Sun. I think it's a great like summer song. Like you, I can see myself sitting on the beach or sitting near a beach because I don't want to be on the sand and enjoying the sunshine like a cold – Malibu Diet Coke with lime in my hand (laughs) and listening to that song. And then my last favorite one was One in a Million, which was, again, one of those kind of like big EDM tracks, which is not usually Mm -hmm. my favorite, but that one was really catchy. So I added it to my my standouts list. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I also loved One in a Million. Obviously, it was also written by Tovlo, so. Yeah. Very big fan. Um, picture this. Mm. Fire. Yeah. Absolute heat. And my favorite lyric was from Picture This. Um, she says, cold cheeks, warm touch, the taste of your tongue, low lights, your hands, nighttime, our time. <laughs> this is so oh my God. raunchy. Sexy. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I also really loved um, – the title track mm-hmm. I really liked. And it's not like that long of a song or anything, but it's really just like vibey. And again, song that I would dance to, song that I would listen to like just for fun. I kind of want to make a playlist of her dancey, clubby songs after listening to these albums. Yeah. The the thing with Breathe In, Breathe Out is like sonically it's, it's so enticing and like so yeah. much fun. But I'm – I mean, from looking at the lyrics, I think it's probably about her divorce because it's about the end of a relationship when, Mm -hmm. you know, you're remembering all the times you've had together, you know, reflecting on the different kind of touchstones in your relationship. Like she has this whole segment where she's like, oh, X marks the spot where we left our heart. X marks the spot where we fell apart. Like just really reminiscing on the things that are that aren't there anymore but exist in your memory that's like a really a really present theme in this album which i enjoyed yeah and again like with each album she gets more and more personal and she reveals mm-hmm. more about herself so like i would love if she wanted to album. dabble in music again i would love another album just to- yeah, there's just so much fodder yeah. and 
yeah, getting to know like more and more and obviously as you're becoming more personal in your songwriting, it mm-hmm. just shines through so much. Um, I was going to say in Breathe and Breathe Out, when she says, I remember we were sleepless in New York. I remember how my avenues were yours. I'm like, why is it always in New York? It's yep. always like, oh, when we were on the Bowery and we were like laughing. We're going mm-hmm. to club. And we were like in um, I'll Never uh, Walk Cornelia Street yeah. again. And, um, New, York and New York City was our place. for you, baby. <laughs> New York was our place and now it's my place and now it's no one's place. And I'm like, God, this is a toxic city. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is, it is funny though. Like I, I do feel that way when I'm back in the city and I'm like, you know, walking through the East village and I'm like, Oh, this is the place where I like went on a date with this person or like, this is the place where I had this specific night and this thing mm-hmm. happened. Oh, this is the trash can where I like kissed this one person next to it. Yeah. And then you go back later. This is like a real thing that happened to me where um, <laughs> there was this one specific trash can that I like made out with somebody next to. And then I passed by it years later and it was like a different trash can because it used to be one like, of those, no! used to be one of those like just you know regular wire ones, and it was replaced yeah. by one of those gray like hard shell ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, time is is moving, and I'll never be young. I'll never have young love oh again. Gosh. Like the city's changing. So I had like an existential moment, literally about a trash can in New York City. No, it is so hard to pass like Third Avenue mm-hmm. and see this was on third avenue no i (laughs) i know yeah (laughs) but yeah it's really especially because we went to college in that area and then also like the union square area like every time i pass brazen fox i'm like Mm -hmm. or what was used to be r.i.p yeah Yeah. i'm just like oh my god like the youngins will never know yeah youngins will never know and I mean, there was a whole other New York before we got here, which mm-hmm. I'm sure people who are older than us were like, they'll never know. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just such a jaunt, like being teenagers in New York City and staying out late and being stupid and watching plays and yeah. uh, I got a care in the world. I saw a TikTok recently where it was like, God, there must be like no better feeling than being a freshman at NYU. I got the same one. I got the same one. You can't, again, you can't bottle that shit. It was, it It was, it is just as good as you think. (laughs) Like, I never felt more invincible in my life. (laughs) When I tell you I thought someone could shoot me and I'd live. (laughs) Oh my God. Whole life ahead of me. Not jaded yet. Right. Like I'm gonna be famous. Mm-hmm. I doesn't matter how many times I I throw up. I can do it again yep. the next day. Wake um, up, no hangover. Totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> this, back to the this album again. This is an album that is a lot about reminiscing. So we're really yes. we're on theme currently. The last things that I wanted to point out for this album are the last two tracks, All About You and Outlaw. And these two songs specifically, I don't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but they felt to me like they could have very easily been plucked right out of Taylor Swift's Lover album. 
Really? Like there were there were something about it that I really felt like, oh, this sounds like it could be a Taylor Swift song. Obviously, this came out before, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was feeling some some parallels there, and I think that's because like Lover does have again like an electric like electronic pop feel yeah. to a lot of it, and it has some more dancey songs like Cruel Summer and stuff like that. So I was definitely feeling some parallels between those two albums. I'll have to listen to the yeah. songs with yeah. that in mind. Um, but it is, I think there are a lot of things we see in her albums that she might have not been the tastemaker for, yeah. but that we can see in her albums that then trickle down to like the music we listen to now. Mm-hmm. Like these little Definitely. glimmers of things that people um, use today. I mean, especially I'm thinking about um, Olivia Rodrigo because she just released Guts, but mm-hmm. there are so many songs on guts that sound like a song from the 2000s mm-hmm. um get him back almost sounds like a beck song like mm. there are a lot of sonic things that she does she's a great she's great at producing yeah. her music um and i think there are a lot of pieces that she takes from uh music that she's listened to and makes them her own and music that was released like in the last, I don't know, like 15, 20-ish years that she takes pieces from. And I think it sounds really good. Yeah. And I mean, like, Hillary's music career really was like, it's the blueprint for all of these Disney girls turned musicians. Like it was the first time that they had really pushed that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the success of Metamorphosis, I feel like, laid the groundwork for – you know, Selena, Demi, Miley in our Absolutely. time. And Olivia, who is also a Disney girl turned oh, yeah, I pop guess princess. So. Like Hillary so really crazy. she she blazed that trail. Yeah. That's yeah. absolutely true. She was really the first Disney actress si- singer one two punch combo. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. the first really big Disney girly. I mean yeah. Raven Simone mm-hmm. can't deny that at all. Um but I definitely feel like she laid the groundwork for just also like the modern teen starlet. Yeah, definitely. Wow. What a journey. Incredible. I can't get enough of Hillary. Even mm-hmm. now, I'm just like, I want to watch your cameo. I haven't I haven't seen How I Met Your Father, but I do love like any cameo. It just got canceled. Okay. It's was, dev- I didn't I'm so, need to know that. <laughs> I'm so sad that it unfortunately has been canceled. Again, just another dumb move by the studios. Um, because I really enjoyed it. And the second season was like 20-something episodes, I think, which is what a sitcom should be. I don't know mm-hmm. where these people are getting off thinking that you can do sitcoms with only 8 to 10 episodes a season. That's not how it works. Very um, cheap. But it's fun, and it's it feels to me like what the Lizzie reboot kind of would have been. Yeah, in a way. And I think she's mentioned that, like, yeah. that there are injections of that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I have my own predictions for who I think the father was going to be. I guess we'll never find out. Maybe the show will find a new home elsewhere. Mm. But... Or maybe they'll just tell us. I hate when it's canceled and it doesn't get at least a wrap up. Yeah. Like they should tell them before they filmed their last season, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know if that's like possible, but. But I would recommend watching it still. It's still fun. Yeah. 
it, you know, it's it takes a little bit to find their footing, but I think that they they managed to do it. Yeah. I just love seeing her on any cameo she does. Like when she was on The Bachelorette for a sec, they had – or it was The Bachelor that season and they had um, – the Bachelorettes had to do a children's birthday party yeah. and she was hosting it. And I was just like, oh my God, she's the sweetest. Yeah. She's the sweetest woman. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you'll have to keep watching Gossip Girl because she's in it. <gasps> For like a, a multi episode yeah. arc or? For about six episodes. Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. Maybe I'll have yeah. to watch it. As Hilary Duff or as, as someone, someone? As like a character. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Exciting. Well, I would encourage all of you, if you haven't, you know, dove back into Hillary's discography in a minute, maybe give it a shot, especially Dignity and Breathe In, Breathe Out, which you may not have heard as much of. Absolutely. And I recommend. any night you have alone where you're, I don't know, say cleaning your apartment, maybe making a multi-step, very long recipe, mm-hmm. I would say put on Metamorphosis and just – Enjoy the ride, okay? Yeah. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this uh, this different type of episode for us. Let us know what you think. If you want us to do more music stuff, mm-hmm. let us know. And um, yeah, excited to hear everybody's thoughts. If you've listened this far, um, DM us with your favorite Hillary Duff song. Please. And I guess that's it for today. I'm Mo. I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.